1: In today's episode, we talk about what to do when you thought you were going to have sex and did it.
0: There's an anonymous quote that says, when things change, make sure those changes are part of the plan. And that's what we're talking about as we talk about what happens when your sexual intimacy doesn't go as planned. But first, we start every one extraordinary marriage episode with a hug. And a hug is really an opportunity to acknowledge the, the changes that you're doing, the areas that you're working on in your marriage yourself. And this hug comes from an email that we received that said started off with saying, I have to be honest. I read the title for episode 727, Lack of Confidence, and thought, okay, not really for me, but I'll give it a go as I love listening to you guys. Well, how wrong I was. It touched me in so many ways. Elisa, when you talked about how you felt you were a certain way emotionally from how you were brought up, and that was what Tony had to live with, it really struck a chord with me. I grew up in a very similar way, shut down emotionally, parents, lovely in so many ways, but showed very little physical touch or indeed intimacy in how they spoke to each other. So i had always had it, made it clear to my husband from early on, I don't hold hands. I don't really do much touching, especially in public, and the list goes on. And he accepted it because he loved me enough. Both of us totally unaware that it would bring so many problems later on. Mm. My parents also didn't communicate very well either. When I discovered that I actually didn't have to live that way, it was so liberating. I love holding hands. I love kissing him in the street for no reason. I love sitting on the sofa with my legs draped over his. There are so many things I realize I do enjoy. Once I opened my mind and the more I do it, the more I want to do it. Our lives are so much more joyful now. It's a shame it took nearly 30 years to find out, but I can't change that. Hmm. The other thing was when Tony spoke of losing confidence while he was talking to a group about marriage. What a horrible feeling and I can totally relate, but Tony, don't you ever dare do that again? (laughs) Insert the school teacher voice. The passion and knowledge that you both have and share is phenomenal. And the way you speak is inspiring because you speak from the heart and from your own journey, failings, et cetera. You have both literally changed thousands of marriages, and I know you have absolutely helped the two of us.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it when, you know, it's an episode title because we do have so many titles and they they can go in many different directions. Mm -hmm. Right. And we've had people go, Well, why don't you talk about, you know, stay in one vein in one area And, and Elisa and I After almost 13 years behind the microphones for the One Extraordinary Marriage show, we like bringing up topics such as last week when we were talking about pets Mm -hmm. that a lot of us are thinking about and many of us are dealing with and yet nobody is talking about it because we just want to bring something there and it may not be for you. But you begin to listen you hear other things. So I, I just love that. And uh, it always brings even something out for Elisa and I as we talk about these different topics. Because they're not things that we would normally just go, oh, okay, well, let's just talk about that today. No, we, we do that because we want to bring encouragement and hope to each and every one of you in the one family.
0: Well, I think it also, you know, I mean it's just crazy to think about the the show being almost 13 years old. But the reality is, is that couples are always having different conversations. There's mm-hmm. always new things coming up. And there's always, you know, these little nuances to how we do life. Very much like this episode, right? You mm-hmm. know, the title of the episode is I Thought We Were Going to Have Sex. And this actually came out of, as so many of you guys know, so many of our episodes do, came out of a coaching conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, couple had returned from a long weekend away. Yay for couples getting away. Just the two of them really fostering that recreational intimacy. That's right. And before they had left, we'd had a coaching session that week. And I said, Hey, are you guys using the, uh, are you using the vacation planner? And, th- and then I looked at him, I'm like, have I shared the vacation planner with you? Because obviously that's one of those things. If a couple's not going on vacation, we don't talk about it. But if they are like this couple was, I was like, Oh, Have you gone through the vacation planner?
1: And for those of you who are wondering what the heck is our vacation planner, it's a resource we have. So when you are planning on going on a getaway Mm -hmm. from, it could be an overnight to a couple of weeks long, but it allows you to look at your six pillars. Mm -hmm. I think five of the pillars actually, and look at it and set up the expectations you have before you go. Right, Because it allows you to engage one another because many of us, hey, we've talked about travel, we've talked about vacations, but you may want to sleep in and your spouse wants to get up early in the morning and work out every day. Right, You may want to be doing all the adventuring and yet your spouse is the one who just wants to sit poolside. And instead of getting to the vacation destination Mm -hmm. and being frustrated with one another, well, why don't we talk about that before we even go? If you're interested in picking that up, you can go to marriage.com slash vacation planner. I'll also have a link here in the episode notes for you guys.
0: Well, and that was very much, you know, as I was having this conversation with this couple, you know, just kind of lightly in the coaching session talking around the six pillars. But what I know because I've been, you know, I've coached somewhere in the vicinity of 500, you know, individuals and couples is that there's one pillar very specifically that often has expectations Mm -hmm. and and that's the sexual intimacy pillar and so this couple was getting ready to go sent them the vacation planner and was like hey I I just want to see your answers before you get on the plane right that way I just know it's done and you've actually had this conversation and so it was amazing because they did send me the email saying hey Lisa here's, here's what we've got laid out and they were actually able to be so intentional about their physical, a couple pillars that really came to mind, the physical, the financial, and the recreational, because they were going to a couple different cities. There were certain things happening. And then you know they ran into some situations where flights got canceled and mm. changed. And then they thought they were staying at a friend's house. Well, the friends were moving the day that they landed. So they ended up have, helping oh, their friends move from a much larger house to like 900 square feet, like they were moving into a smaller apartment and like people sleep. I think the-
1: that would have tweaked me. People- I would have been like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We're on vacation and I'm helping you. Like I've flown here. I'm thinking I'm on vacation and now we're moving. So
0: it was unexpected. You know, these kinds no, of things no. happen.
1: And, but having that set up allows you to go, okay, where am I? How can we, how can we address where we're at and what's on that vacation planner because that's what we want to get done over the course of this time together.
0: So they had very specifically laid out a couple times over the course of the trip when they were going to have sex because they okay. knew what that was going to look like. That I mean, that was, that was the plan. That was getting on the first flight. Here's what we're going to do. And then in the first city where they were visiting, um, flights got canceled. And so there was no window. Mm. When they thought they were going to be having sex that night, well, then their flight got bumped up. So it was an earlier flight. So a shorter period of time, they're in the shower that night and they're like, well, here's where we're at, and they both agreed. Hey, it'd be really great to get that extra little bit of sleep because mm-hmm. we're going to be traveling. Then they, like I said, they get to their friend's house. They think they're going to be in a much larger house. The friends have moved much smaller house. Um, everybody's practically like the rooms are all right now. You know well, it's what? Nine hundred you know square, square
1: feet. feet. I mean, right. You're not going to have that much space.
0: And so they the find the shower. But
1: at least you have. At least you have the the sound of the water.
0: Right. So they find themselves on the last day, and they're like, okay. Um, both of our friends have left. We've got the place to ourselves now. And, and what was so, what was so incredible as they were relaying the story to me, the whole adventure, and we were talking about all of the wins that they'd had in this, you know, in the week in between the coaching session, was that sexual intimacy. Which you know, there have been a lot of times in their marriage where this phrase, "I thought we were going to have sex," has been uttered. Mm-hmm. There's probably been a lot of times for all of you in your marriage where the phrase, "I thought we were going to have sex," has been uttered. Mm -hmm. the question is when that thought goes through your head or even if it comes out of your mouth, what happens next? Do the two of you ignore it or do you say, okay, wait, yeah, I know it was part of the plan. Like it was for this couple. What's, what's our backup plan or what as one of my coaching clients said to me yesterday, what's the contingency plan. And that's really what we need to get into in this area of sexual intimacy because if you don't talk about it, it does become a thing in your marriage. It doesn't just get ignored. It doesn't just go. I mean, there have been times, guys, we have been practicing, practicing, implementing the intimacy lifestyle since early 2009.
1: If you did- don't know what the intimacy lifestyle is because you're new, welcome to the One Family. We're honored and blessed to have you here. The intimacy lifestyle for Elise and I and for so many here in the One Family is how we are scheduling sex, mm-hmm. how many times we are being sexually intimate in a week, in a month, Over the course of a year for, and and for everybody that's a little different, I want to um, share episode 422, what is the intimacy lifestyle? Again, I'll have a link here in the episode notes where you can scroll through whatever your favorite podcast app is, just find episode 422 and we go deep into what it is, what it can look like and how you can set that up in your marriage.
0: All that to say, there have been times when we've been really, really diligent and disciplined and sex has gone exactly when we thought we were going to have it. And there have been lots of times when one or the other of us thought we were going to have sex and it didn't happen.
1: Mm-hmm. And- We've been married 26 years.
0: Yeah. So, and, and as I was you telling somebody the other day, we will never get behind these microphones and tell you that our marriage is perfect. We will never tell you that we are perfect. Our marriage is still and always will be a work in progress. Mm -hmm. And it's getting into this place where, you know, when there were those missed times when one or the other of us thought we were going to have sex, there have been times when the other person has completely ignored it and just kind of hoped it would go away. And times when it's been like, hey, I know this is going to happen or I know our plans got changed, altered, whatever, sick, travel, whatever this is. Here's my suggestion. Right, so there's the proactive, hey, let's talk about it, and there's the let's just ignore it and see what happens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Both of those have a tendency to show up in a marriage, and the problem is, is that if it's always the ignoring one, like I said a couple minutes ago, it's going to become a problem.
1: Oh yeah, because you emotionally get frustrated, especially with the ignoring. It's, it's almost, I don't know. It, it, this just came up to into my into my head, and I don't know for those of you who watch NCAA football, we're huge college football fans. Well, Heisman, the Heisman Trophy and Nissan does a fantastic commercial about the Alabama football team. And uh, Baker Mayfield at one point is talking to Barry Sanders and they're talking about the the Alabama football team and they're doing this stuff. And then at one point he's like, yeah, the elephant's in the room. Mm-hmm. And I just thought of that when you said that. And the elephant, that's their mascot. That's Alabama's mascot. And I think a lot of times we ignore this stuff, especially when it comes around our sexual intimacy. I thought we were going to have sex. I saw you initiating. You were romancing me throughout the day. You, were, you gave me some flowers. You were initiating. Well, I, you simply said, yes, we will tonight. Yes. <laughs> and that was at 10 a.m. And now it's... 10 PM. And I thought we were going to have sex. Mm -hmm. And instead of that happening, I'm in bed. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I'm naked. I I got the Uber lube out. I got the the candles lit. I got the salt lamp going on. I got the the sound machine on. And you come to bed fully clothed, clothed with your flannel jammies on, your socks on, and you're telling me you're cold. I thought we were going to have sex.
0: Wow. Tony, has that ever happened to you? Cause that seems so descriptive right there.
1: It may have happened.
0: Okay. I, like I know once for or sure. Twice. I know. Or for maybe a
1: handful or more.
0: That is uh, just as a total side note. I think, do think that is one of the things I've gotten better at over the years? Like I, I totally like we got married and I was in the winter and y'all that li- actually live where it's cold in the winter. I know you laugh every time I say this, but married here in southern california early days of marriage i would seriously in the winter like november to um you know april would come to bed fully dressed head <laughs> covered head to toe like even to the point where like my head got cold i would keep a beanie by the side of the bed mm-hmm. now my dear sweet husband actually has a wa- bride who you know comes to bed only half dressed i keep my shoulders covered and you know so that's been a that's been a positive change in 26 years no
1: i absolutely <laughs> I, I i'm just saying it happens,
0: a hundred percent. That was just a side note saying I've I've grown up and I'm the sure. elephants
1: in the room. And many a times, me included, I'm just going to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to argue this that night. What frustrates me is when we don't discuss it the next day. When Elisa right. doesn't bring it up when when it doesn't when, when when we don't have some closure to why what we were leading up to didn't happen. That's where I personally get frustrated, um annoyed and and that's the place where our emotional intimacy has to come in alignment, and one of us has to make the move to go last night didn't go as planned.
0: well, and I want to say too, this happens on both sides. Oh, absolutely. this, this isn't oh, yeah, just yeah.
1: I, d- this is just an example I'm right, right right. For, but for but, us, I but I want to
0: yeah. address, I mean, we've had it go the other way too, where I'm like, I totally thought he was initiating where did that go? And then
1: (laughs) I'm passed out.
0: Right. I'm like, what happened? I didn't even spend that much time getting ready for bed. But, you know, last week we asked you all the question, when sexual intimacy doesn't happen as planned, do you talk about it or do you ignore it? 47% of you said that you ignore it.
1: The elephant's in the room.
0: Literally. Google elephant in the room, Nissan Heisman commercial. You'll see the commercial that he's talking about where the elephant stands right there. And you know, anytime that something is ignored in one of your pillars of intimacy and the expectations aren't met in that situation, it's going to create disconnect. It's going to create frustration and it's going to create resentment. It's a byproduct of ignoring things where there are expectations. I'm just, I'm going to be as blunt and as honest with you all that I can. In chapter 11 of the six pillars of intimacy, that chapter is entitled every pillar matters. And it's the reason for that is because like I, Told some couples this past week every pillar does matter a- and they're interdependent what happens in one does impact the others it's not just it's not just being in this place where you get to be like oh you know what yeah at least I like the first five pillars those are my favorites um, I'm gonna pretend the sixth pillar doesn't exist no no actually you're not because it does and it's part of your marriage and if you ignore it 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 will become a problem for the two of you right you you can't you're listening to a podcast called the one extraordinary marriage show. Everybody that comes here has a desire to be extraordinary. Extraordinary people do not ignore what they have to address. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, good. like when the expectation, you know, and if I can take this back to a second, when the expectation was that the two of you were going to have sex, that was an expectation around your sexual intimacy. Can we all agree to that? Like th-
1: mm-hmm. we're going to
0: have that, that sexual intimacy, but there's also a good chance that in that there was maybe also an expectation of what the physical intimacy was going to look like. Like, how are we going to touch one another as we're leading up to and in sexual intimacy? There might have been an expectation around emotional intimacy, right? How are we going to talk to each other? What are going to be those sweet nothings? How are we going to, you know, even flirt with our words and the romance and that type of thing?
1: Well, it, even even the nonverbal communication, mm-hmm. the, 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 we, we, a lot of times we'll talk about Emotional intimacy from that verbal, nonverbal communication, mm-hmm. the nonverbal communication will usually set, show from a point of crossed arms, turned back, um, walking away, things of that nature. But the nonverbal communication in your bed together, the moves, the, 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 the sway the the, all of that is happening is showing that you desire your spouse.
0: Or well, if you don't do it. That you don't,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And so I bring up this example that it's not just if you if you get into this place where forty seven percent of you are ignoring what's happening, you aren't just ignoring this one pillar. You aren't just ignoring the sexual intimacy. You are ignoring the emotional intimacy. You're ignoring the physical intimacy, and and that starts to create cracks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it, it's what we talk about throughout the book. Those cracks, those little like, oh, well, it's not that big a deal. I'm just going to like roll over tonight. No, that's actually that. You know, that can become a big deal. Oh, I'm just not going to touch. Okay, well, that will become a big deal over time. We've got to talk about what to do a- a- as a team and as an individual when you thought you were going to have sex and didn't. And we're going to do that after this break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey. <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're back, and we're talking about how to navigate your marriage when you thought you were going to have sex and ended up not. And I want to start with just some of the responses from, from your peers, from the one family who said, here's, here's what we try and do when this happens in our marriage. You know, somebody said, many of you said, let's talk about why it didn't happen and make a plan for it to happen,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like, let's get intentional. Let's figure out what happened. Why didn't we? What was going on with you? What was going on with me? Somebody else said, if you're the one who didn't initiate, be the one to start the conversation. That makes me feel cared for. And I can't tell you how much that, that theme of acknowledgement of personal accountability came through the responses. Be the one to be the one to say, Hey, I know we didn't have sex last night. I know it was my night to initiate, or I know I was giving you the clues and and the signals. And here's here's what happened between when I was doing all of that and what happened. Not to make excuses. Like can I be real clear, we're not just like, oh, you know, I just I, I changed my mind, I didn't feel like no, explain what happened and then like the first response, make a plan to pick up where you left off.
1: And and we have been on both sides of that, right? um being the one who didn't and then not bringing up the conversation, mm-hmm. not starting the conversation that leads to frustration. Sure. As well as man, that didn't happen last night. When I get up in the morning, I'm going to make sure I acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. So that that has happened on both sides for both Elisa and I over the years and there is some tension. Mm -hmm. There, there definitely is because you're in your own head of why it didn't happen. Why do I need to bring it up? There's a lot of mindset. There's a lot of games we're playing in our head. And yet we have both found that when we take accountability for our actions the night before, it usually goes much better.
0: Well, on the other side of that too, is that let's say you were waiting and it didn't happen. And so you're the one that bring you do choose to bring it up the next day. Hey, I thought we were going to have sex. I thought that's what was going to happen last night. The request then is for the other spouse who was given all the signal. Don't go on the defensive
1: mm-hmm.
0: because it's really common. I mean, Absolute, I- I've done this. Absolutely. I'm like, oh, well, you know, uh, and you know, all the sass and, and just attitude starts coming out. And y- when you do that, you tell your spouse that they're not important. The attitude that you throw says, you're not important. This is all about me. When really the sexual, emotional, and physical intimacy, hello, it's happening in marriage. It's about the two of you. It's about the two of you. One of the other comments was, ask about my feelings and engage in me, engage with me. Build that emotional intimacy because when there's been a disconnect, when there's been expectation around what's going to happen with sexual intimacy and it doesn't happen, then you can get to this place of the narrative and and I use this phrase a lot with my coaching clients. We as individuals have powerful imaginations. I don't care if you tell me you don't think you're creative. Your imagination when your spouse doesn't do what you think that they were going to do is amazing. You will write an entire narrative that will rival any Hollywood script on why that happened, what they're thinking, what's going on with them. And so if you don't ask the question the next day saying, hey, I can know. And I'm, I'm sorry, and here's what happened. How are you feeling about this? It actually allows your spouse to stay in this place of spinning all of their thoughts and their narrative, and I promise you that is not great for your marriage.
1: And, and I want to bring up something because we talk about this often, and I love it. It's, it's the emotion wheel, and I'll put a link here for everybody. If you haven't picked one up, pick it up. Because I picked it up, and the center ring says sad. Mm-hmm. So you may your, your spouse may come up to you and you're feeling like, I feel sad sad is okay, so you're sad. I mean you're you're you know, paraness sick, you're sad. But we can go to one, two, three, four, six different places that sad is. And the and the one that struck me was lonely. Because I'm sitting in my bed right now and I'm lonely because I thought we were gonna do something. And then it goes to two more. I feel abandoned or I feel isolated. Mm. And more times than not, I feel like I'm isolated. I I, I feel like Man, we were gonna do all this. We, I was on that happy side of, wow, we're gonna we're gonna be joyful, ecstatic. Like that's the 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 feeling that we're gonna have when we have sex together. To now, I feel isolated because you were making the moves, and now we're not going to have sex. And I'm lying on my set of on on my side of the bed, mm-hmm. alone, lonely. Mm-hmm. So I'll put I'll put a link to the the emotion wheel. Again, if you haven't picked one up, do so. It's amazing what can happen when you just look at it and go, huh, it's actually where I'm at right now. And the defense mechanism doesn't get reared up. And I got to hold one of these. And I think I need to just pick up one of, I think they have like pocket ones. And I think I just need to pick up a pocket one for myself because we have a bigger one that Elisa uses and has here in the office for her clients and for herself but I think I get defensive, and if I had one of these just in my pocket to just pull out and go, what's the real emotion I'm feeling right now? Mm-hmm. And instead of lashing out or shutting down or getting frustrated in, in like like internally, like I say, frustrated, like, I don't know, if I just pulled this out and just was able to just go, hold on, Alisa, this is where I'm at, and it's a tool that I can pull out and we can use together so that way we can grow and we can strengthen our emotional intimacy that could lead to a heightened sexual intimacy it's a win. Mm-hmm. That is a good idea. I, I want us to get one. Let, let, let's, okay. get, let's get a pocket, at least one pocket one for me.
0: Okay. Um, you know, as we've, as we've shared those responses and strategies with you, I, I want to just bring it down and distill it into like three key actions, right? Because these are the common thread that, you know, we, I mean, we've got so many responses back, but, you know, first acknowledge the situation and the feelings associated with it. Exercise self-control over your responses. I will tell each and every one of you what I tell every single one of my coaching clients. You are 100% entitled to your emotions. They are yours. You're experiencing something 100%. You get to have them. Be mindful of how you express your emotions because it's in the expression the damage is done, not in the emotion itself, but in how you express them. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're talking about the defensiveness, the attitude, the anger, th- that type of thing. And thirdly, make and execute a plan right how are the two of you going to going to restore what was lost right this was a lost opportunity how are you going to restore that opportunity and and i want to say this if you find yourself in a repeated cycle where this phrase i thought we were going to have sex and it didn't it didn't happen is coming up over and over again in your marriage there could be a deeper issue going on. There could be deeper situations happening with unforgiveness or resentment or hurts, disappointments that the two of you actually need to address in marriage coaching. Because I will tell you, I thought we were going to have sex, is a phrase that I hear a lot because there's so much other stuff going on. And if that's you, apply for marriage coaching. Start taking that step to go, I don't want to be stuck in this cycle. Go to marriage.com slash coaching if that's where your marriage is at. Why keep, why keep repeating the cycle if both of you want it to change?
1: Yeah. And I want to bring this back up to real quickly before we close here today. I just want to bring this back up to the intimacy lifestyle, Mm. because for some of you, you're, you're, you're living out the intimacy lifestyle and things are, things are shifting and they're changing. And I will say that is an area where you need to look at for some of us, we could, we're just fine and dandy. Just, we set up the the intimacy lifestyle and it works for others. It's like tweaking the dial. You're listening to the AM radio station. And right now it's a little fuzzy and you got to just dial it in. And for others of us, seasons of life have happened. Things are changing. And where we thought we were going to have sex on this two times a week basis has now fallen off. It's okay. Elise and I have been through this many a times over the years of our marriage, and we gotta just sit back down, get our intimacy lifestyle planner back out, or just sit down together and just really discuss what is working, what is not working, what is gonna be best for us in this season. And so, for you, this week, as you begin to look at your sexual intimacy, and you go, man, we've been saying, I thought we were gonna have sex. A lot and it's coming up more and more, but you're not addressing something. This is your week to begin to look at it. What's the elephant in the room? What are you doing? What are the common threads and the responses that you're giving? And in t- this week, literally just take some time together and just go, what's going on? Because we both want to strengthen this pillar of intimacy. We want to have the extraordinary marriage we desire and yet there's something just off and we need to take that dial and we need to start honing it in again. We got to just get some clarity around this pillar in this area of our marriage. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week as you dive into this with one another. Have a great one. We'll catch you next week. Love you guys.